am Kara Barbrick with the Space Foundation, and you're listening to the Space for You podcast. Space for You is designed to tell the stories of the amazing people who make today's space exploration possible. Today, we are joined by Dr. Catherine Forth from Zebrio, the Balance Scale. Catherine Forth, CEO, has a doctorate in motor control and conducted a postdoctoral fellowship at NASA. She is an expert in postural stability and has created award-winning balance training programs for older adults. She is also a world champion athlete. Thanks for joining us today, Katie. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to speak with you today because I think there's various aspects of our own health that are completely overlooked. And I would say one of those that I've overlooked is postural stability. So as an expert in that, can you give me an idea of what's the difference between posture, postural stability, and why is it so important? Postural stability is the fancy word, really. If you're standing, the way that you align your body, that is your posture. But how do you maintain the stability of that posture relative to gravity? So this is now how much am I swaying? What is my balance? As I said, the postural stability is just a fancy way of saying, how well am I balancing? And uh, and when we look at how well we balance and that postural stability, it then really allows us to know, well, how well is this particular person moving on earth and handling gravity? Because gravity is the thing that's pulling us down all the time anyway, and we're trying to resist that to maintain our posture. And we have to control ourselves to be able to do that. That makes sense. What are some of the statistics then of those over age 60? They're really quite frightening. Um, Falling down is a very big issue. It's the leading cause of trauma injury and trauma death. And that's across any ages. If you're over 65, one in four older adults fall down every single year. And this leads to $50 billion in medical costs every year. And that's actually due to double in the next decade, which is quite frightening. It's widespread, it's costly, and it's also deadly too. Wow, I had no idea. Those are some very sobering statistics. It really is. And, you know, for all of the listeners out there, you probably know somebody who has fallen down. And my grandmother... She fell in her 80s. She was a very athletic woman. And it was just so heartbreaking to see the impact of this fall. She did break her wrist and her hip. She was just never the same. And it ultimately led to her demise. And so when you see this unnecessary event occur, that's the thing that really motivated us, myself, my co-founder, that really motivated us to really try and help people. So rather than just keeping the technology that we'd invented just for astronauts, we wanted to save the world from falling down. So that, that became the mission and the, the true genesis of, of Zebrio. So was it your grandma that really led to your getting a doctorate in motor control? I think my grandmother was a a wonderful example of physical activity. She was very active, even as a young child. I was kicking the football with her and she was in her 70s. And and that was just normal. So as I continued through 
with this keen interest in movement with my own experiences in sport as well, you start to see the bigger picture that yes, there's performance for sport, but there's also performance for life. So as all of these parts started to come together, this is really where my personal development and interests, the direction that my personal interest took me was, was to incorporate all of these different things. So I think you've mentioned uh, it's across the board. You have your athletes, you have your general public, you have your older generation, and really it's important for all aspects of life to have this motor control. Can you describe a little bit how that led to a connection to NASA? Yes, well... NASA has its own interesting human performance environment with, uh, with microgravity. When an astronaut goes and experiences microgravity, the body goes through many different changes. And some of those changes affect your postural stability, too. As I mentioned, standing and maintaining your balance, it's a gravity issue. And at NASA, you truly understand gravity. Applying my science to microgravity and astronauts and the world that NASA occupies, to me, was just fascinating because this is just another, another extension of, of how the body can adapt. Performance, getting yourself better is adaptation. The changes in microgravity is also adaptation. And so I guess that's the bigger picture for me. And my interest is how does the body adapt and how does that affect its personal performance? And you did extensive research. So what did you notice? How did the body adapt in microgravity environment? Yes, well, my, my interest really lies in the sensory information that is inputting into the body to then allow the body to control itself. And the experience at NASA really opened my eyes to how important the feet are when you think about it. When we're walking around on Earth, our feet are the main point of contact with our environment. And the information coming through from the feet is just so rich and valuable. So I think that was one of the eye-opening pieces of how valuable that stimulation is. When you're in microgravity, your feet aren't getting stimulated quite as much. And so we learned an awful lot about how the foot input can really help and hurt the control of postural stability as well as other movements as well. Interesting. I never even thought about how important the data coming in from your feet would be. Yes. And then when you think about when people don't actually do very much exercise here on earth, what does that really mean? When people don't do as much activity and they're more sedentary, their bodies decondition. We're actually seeing that with COVID-19 as well. I mean, you're sitting, you're sitting down. It's, it's not that your feet are the main source of input. It's other sources that are feeling that <laughs> contact when you're sitting down, um, your bottom, for instance. And that doesn't really trigger off the same set of patterns that we have seen through the feet. So getting up, getting moving, yes, this is great for your muscles. This is great for so many different parts. But it's also stimulating your feet, which really helps to maintain the pathways that your body needs to be at its best. Wow. I'm wanting to stand up right now just to make sure my feet are getting good stimulation. Oh, you took this information and all of these studies and you created 
the SMART scale for balance. How exactly does it work? The Zebrio SMART scale is very similar to your weighing scale that you would have in your own bathroom. It measures your weight as well. And when you stand on it, it's measuring the forces under your feet. We combine those forces for a center of pressure, and then we're measuring the body over time, so over 60 seconds, and we're measuring the sway that's occurring. Then we apply artificial intelligence onto the sway pattern, and we can identify patterns of stability and instability. And really what this means is that we can identify these micro failures of control that are occurring when we're standing up, and we all have them. We just don't really know that we're having them, but we can measure them, put it into a really easy to understand score, just one to 10. And we have a full risk categories across that number scale. So one, two and three means high risk for falling. Four, five, six is moderate and seven above is green and low risk. That's really how it works. But then we're trying to make it simple and easy to understand. So when you get your score and say you have a high fall risk, what are the next steps with the the smart scale? Well, first of all, now you know <laughs> that, yes. that this is predicting in the next 12 months that you you have a high probability of falling. So that's very useful. You can also see where do I fit in my age group? Am I average? Am I above average, below average? That's nice to know too. The app that comes with the scale, that's the Zebrio Balance Coach app. That guides people through. We have the score, which is the what. This says, what am I today? What do I score today? How is my balance today? The app is more of the why. Why did I score that score today? Because, and you may be surprised, but the balance actually changes every day. Your ability to balance changes every day. And so measuring it really helps you to improve it. Within the app, we've got the six pillars of balance, and the user can then navigate through these six pillars. It's things like sleep and exercise and and even medical conditions. And you can see what is helping and hurting your balance today. Then we provide a personalized wellness guide to help you so that you know what to do to improve. I'm utterly fascinated that sleep is one of the pillars of your balance Poor sleep is very noxious to your balance. So just one bad night's sleep can actually drop your balance quite dramatically. Oh, goodness. So would you recommend people getting on the scale every day? People engage with it the same way they do with a weighing scale. Some people, like once every six months, I'm good, just wanted to see where I was. And other people, <laughs> you know, Every single day, multiple times a day, need to know, maybe you do your spin class and did that affect your balance? And are you fatigued? And now that you've rested a little bit, is it getting better? And whenever you have a measurement tool, you can use it in so many different ways. But but I think it's particularly useful just to see what are my daily fluctuations? What are my weekly fluctuations? If you have a personal trainer, are they helping your balance? If your score's not going up, then you can say, please help my balance a little bit more. It's a tool to empower you to then make better choices and to be able to motivate you to want to engage in healthier behaviors. Taking all of that, who really is your main target audience for this balance scale? 
Well, going back to the passion, we really wanted to make this available to people. Uh, somebody like my grandmother, who if, the, if she would have wanted to have tested herself beforehand, we want to make sure that she has that opportunity. We're looking at providing this so that people can have it in their own homes. So you can purchase it to have it in your own home. But we also know that we can reach many more people through other means as well. So we want this to be in every doctor's office. We want this to be in senior living facilities and you know all the way up and down that continuum. Ultimately, when you've got a measurement tool like this, it can empower everybody. Similarly to the blood pressure machine. You know, you see the blood pressure machine used in hospitals, but also people use it at home. So you would recommend not waiting until you think you have balance issues or have any of those factors, but going ahead and and being proactive. Absolutely right. Our balance does decline over time, just generally speaking, but you can also do things about it. Often people wait until they've actually fallen down until they think, I need to do something. And how about we avoid that first fall? How about we actually get people to function better earlier in their 40s and 50s and 60s? Because then if you're functioning better, you can do more things. And if you do more things, you can have more fun. (laughs) Really, that's what life is about, is it not? (laughs) Yes, I totally agree. So how would the average person even know that they have balance issues before they have a fall? Yeah, the only way to do it is to measure. As animals, we're so good at adapting. If NASA hasn't shown us this, we can adapt to microgravity and then we can readapt back to to the gravity environment of Earth. And the body is it adapts quickly. And with balance, it actually adapts very quickly. So you can see gains um, in a very short timeline, a couple of weeks even. You can see improvements. The, the same happens on the reverse. You can see the declines occurring very, very quickly. So if you suddenly stop your exercise classes, we see drops, dramatic drops. People who are scoring sevens can find themselves down in the twos. So, so that means, you know, low risk down into a high risk. Given all of that, you want to know where you are. If you had any desire to be healthy with your weight, with your exercise programming, you wouldn't go into the gym and not even look at how heavy the weights were. <laughs> you would you <laughs> have to know the progression. <laughs> this is where I am and I want to improve it. If you were in a weight loss program, or maybe you don't even know if you want to do a weight loss program, people typically weigh themselves first and say, oh, yeah, that is a bit more than where I want to be. And here's the normative range. So we're providing the same thing, but with balance. Here's where you are. And here's where you'd want to be to be functioning well. And also, here's your 30 plus year trajectory of risk. (laughs) If you continue as you are, this is where you'll be in 30 years. And is that where you want to be? And we've seen time and time again, how motivating this score has been for people. People are engaging in more exercise classes. They're seeking out just many more health behaviors. But I think one of the most striking is that when we left our scale in a senior living facility just for open use, there was a 54% reduction in falls from the previous year. We didn't give them an intervention. <laughs> we just gave them their score. It was for them to then um, you know, make changes in their life. And we understand that they did because there were exercise classes available to them. It's a bit like the Fitbit effect. 
to know how many steps you're taking, you may want to take more. <laughs> I mean, that's stunning that 54% without any support, just self-motivation, essentially. Well, we've seen this with exercise compliance, that when people are forced to do things, <laughs> then uh, they're not really going to comply so much. But if you empower them and motivate them in a way that they truly own the health journey, you're more likely to get outcomes from that. And so with Zebrio, we're empowering the user. We're providing the information for them to take control of their health trajectory. And with the recent focus on so much telehealth, I feel like you're addressing that in a very simple way. They can have the scale at home. They can have the app. That's exactly right. Yeah, remote patient monitoring and that that's clinically supported remote patient monitoring is very much something that's going to benefit patients and users as well because now the health monitoring of people in their own homes and the way that they interact with clinics, I mean, that's COVID-19 has really helped to accelerate that process and and where preventive health really hasn't had a strong place in the healthcare model, really. I think remote patient monitoring is now really going to be highlighting the benefit of preventive health. And and Zebra is very much a leading indicator. I mean, we can get 20 years ahead of a full event. So this is a way to truly get people to the healthiest, best version of themselves decades before the time that they might even need treatment in a clinic. The future is most definitely in remote patient monitoring and preventive health. And this blurring of, typically we were thinking of it as consumer and clinical markets, but it's more wellness versus the harder clinical uh, services. I think you'll see this with other companies that are starting to come into this realm too. Yes, I like that idea of I can prevent something way in the future, but then that in-between time really will be a much better time, healthier for me. It'll be physically healthier, which will then lead to my mental health and all of that because I'm taking some preventative steps to prevent a fall in the future. That's right. And then the other key part of this is that when you're collecting data on yourself um, or on your patient every month, every week, rather than every year, now you've got these much shorter feedback loops to provide personalized care. That's a huge disruptor within healthcare in of itself. Most definitely. And I know I'm not the only one that's excited about the great work you're doing. Can you share about some of your recent awards and recognitions? Yes, well, we we were lucky to squeeze in an event in 2020, and that was CES. And we did win an innovation award at that event. And we also won the CES pitch competition that was sponsored by AARP. So that set off 2020 on a good note <laughs> before uh, <laughs> lots of other things happen. <laughs> yes. And what do those awards mean for the future of your, your balance scale? I think what this shows is that we 
the technology that we invented at NASA not only has value for astronauts, now the people of Earth are recognizing that this has value for them too. <laughs> I love it. The people of Earth. <laughs> well, that's so good. Well, is there anything else you really want to share? You know, I think I think one of the things that's really rewarding about this product and this company is that we're providing a lot of hope and uh, an opportunity to people that really have started to give up a little bit. And when we had our scale for our users in a, in a senior living facility, I actually visited them every Friday for two years and I chatted to oh. them. And I mean, I had hugs, I had tears, I had kisses, but the emotions connected with falls and poor balance and poor mobility they're so strong and complex as well. And the reason that the hugs and the, the kisses came is because they worked hard. They knew where they were. It matched what their deep down feeling was. And they had concerns, but they couldn't really articulate it. They didn't feel justified to speak about it. And when they quantified it, now it gave them the language and the numbers to really say, yeah, this is where I am. I want to be better. They did things about it. They saw their score go up and that brought such joy to them. They even would go into the hallway and just start shouting to their friends. <laughs> you know, I got this goal. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think that is what really fills us, fills our soul as a company to know that we're doing the right thing and this NASA technology truly can help people. That's absolutely perfect. Oh. Well, thank you, Katie, for joining us today. I so appreciate you sharing about this exciting new balance scale that you have coming out that will help so many people here on Earth. And that concludes this episode of the Space Foundation Space for You podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on Podbean, Apple Podcast and Google Play. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and of course our website, www.spacefoundation.org, where you can also learn about the various ways to support the Space Foundation. On all of these outlets and more, it's our goal to inspire, educate, connect, and advocate for the space community, because at the Space Foundation, we will always have space for you. Thanks for listening.